1,100 miles, 110,000 feet of elevation over a 31-day period, covered by two individuals on foot. Hello and welcome to the Ultra Running Podcast with me, Coach Marshy. So, what an accomplishment that is. So, let's meet today's guest. We're going to bring him in. So, we're going to introduce you to Liam Butler. Hello, Liam, and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So, before we dive into anything, I'm just going to take note of the T-shirt you're wearing. That looks very much like this year's London 2021 (laughs) t-shirt so i'm assuming it was all successful and you completed the london 2021 marathon i did yeah it was a a marathon that was been on the cards all year but um with obviously what's been going on this year and the challenge it was just a a nice way of getting back into sort of the marathon distance and and getting used to marathons again really so yeah just really it took it you know, took it as it came and just enjoyed the day and wasn't really sure what to expect. But um, yeah, I was really happy with with the outcome in the end. It was a, it was a great day. So, yeah. Excellent. Um, so the, the kind of running world who follow the marathons will probably be aware that seven days before London in 2021 was the Berlin Marathon. And I know that you also completed that as well. Yeah, I did. Um, back-to-back marathons, not not something I've done before or would probably do again or, or recommend, although it, it did go okay. I think it depends on how you approach them. But um, Berlin was one of the marathons out there, the world six marathons that I wanted to do. Um, and it was my fourth Abbott star. Um, I was meant to do it last year, but because of COVID it got put back to this year. So um, it was really just yeah a clash of timings and, I definitely wanted to do Berlin and then um, see, I like to do London every year if I can. So, um, yeah, it wasn't ideal, but managed to, to enjoy them both and come away with, uh, you know, no, no injuries, which is, which is good. Yeah. Something I'm quite experienced yet doing the back to back in 2020, I should have done the Brighton marathon and then it was going to be London the week after. So that yeah. was going to be my experience of that, but the whole travel thing for you as well must've made it a little bit more challenging as well. I'd imagine. Yeah, I didn't do a lot of running between the two marathons, to be honest, because of the travelling and the tiring and, you know, making sure you get recovery. So I think after Berlin, I, I didn't run uh, for the majority of the week. I went out for a little run on Thursday, um, a little sort of shake out of the leg Saturday and then and then went again Sunday. Um, and yeah, it was it was fine. Um, like I say, I wouldn't normally advocate back to back marathons, but um with a lot of mileage in my legs over the years and particularly this year. Um, I think as long as you have the right approach, which I did and not sort of go for any PBs or anything. Um, yeah, it was, it managed, it was fine in the end. So yeah, enjoyed them. Yeah. So before we introduce you properly, you, you talk about um, that being the fourth star. So for people yeah. that aren't aware, the, the, the majors, there's six major marathons. Um, so you're going for that. So what are the two missing stars? Uh, so I've got Tokyo, which I've got a place for. I actually flew out um, in 2020 to do it. And then two weeks before um, it, it was cancelled because of COVID. So I went out there and, and watched the elite race um, and took a bit of a holiday. Um, but I have got a place for 2023. Um, and the final one is Boston, which I hope to do next year in April. I think it's April the 18th. Um, so, yeah, then I'll I'll get all six then. Um, awesome yes that's the goal that's awesome i i you know often when people say i know how you feel they don't actually know how you feel but back in 2012 i know how you feel because i actually flew out to the the new york marathon for 2012 i got there on the on the thursday went and collected my number on the friday and then on the friday night they pulled the race because of the hurricane sandy devastation that had been left they decided it then was unsafe so i had the same same sort of experience where you were already there yeah. and that's yeah, quite hard to take right? but 
one of those things you have to accept and and move on and you know I'll, I'll get it done eventually and hopefully be a better shape as well and and um yeah get it get it done yeah so so Liam who who are you in the normal world day to day and and who are you in the running world what what how, what's your involvement in running you're part of a club you know tell us a little bit about that yeah so I'm, I'm 35 years of age I've been part of Royston Runners um well I first joined the club about 12 years ago but I'd only say I'd sort of consistently been running with the club sort of week in week out the last five or six years um i'm part of the committee in the club and, and the men's captain um and we take part in the midweek league 10k midweek league um as well as for, um, cross country in the winter and uh, 5k uh, road league as well so the kevin henry so um yeah really enjoy it running means the world to me it's sort of a, necess- a necessity i have to do it um it's one of those things they you know really do get the bug and it becomes part of your life and routine and and, and mental health and physical health so it's absolutely key for me to uh just function every day really um i love it and you build a huge social community as well lots of friends which is another fantastic part of being part of a, a running club um and then my day-to-day job i'm actually sell medical equipment for a, a medical device supplier so i'm sort of in and out of hospitals or not so much this year because of yeah the, the restrictions but yeah it's been um it's been a it's in, in, well it's allowed me to have a bit more time to go and run which is always good so um yeah it's been it's been a good year all around have you you got family um i don't have any kids i do have um a girlfriend at the moment and that's going very well um it's fairly new relationship so um yeah that's things are good at the moment running's good girlfriend's going very well um and uh and and yeah and the, and the running club which is you know lots of friends and keeps me fit physically and mentally and, and work's going well too yeah so can't complain really yeah i massively i massively relate to everything you're saying there about being part of a running club i think um it might be a bit of a if you know you know and if you don't know you don't know kind of thing but i think yeah. anyone who, who's in a running club and i'd imagine most of our listeners are in some sort of running club or at least have a community around running um i think it it definitely has huge benefit and it's great to hear someone else talk about how important it is for their sort of day-to-day life and mental health as well because i very much would say that if i was on the other side of this interview as well so um yeah we've probably got quite a bit in common there so you're your running journey we can go into that in a little bit more depth as we go but the thing that struck me and that i found out about you and probably many others did across the social media sort of network especially with the hashtag function was that i think it was was it all over august that you did a or was it sort of end of july beginning was, of august yeah it was end of july i think it was the 23rd of July through to the 22nd of August. So 31 days. Um, yeah. But the school holidays, actually, because France a teacher. Um, yeah. So, so that was the time frame. <laughs> so there was you, there was you, there was you and another guy called Grant who decided to take on this challenge. And that, that takes us back to our little intro there where we talked about the 11, the 1100 miles in 31 days. So you took on, the challenge that lots of people probably have seen that such challenge exists, whether that be cycling, running, you know, people walk it, people do all sorts of things. There's a whole John O'Great, you know, Land's End to John O'Greats. So you took that challenge on. Just, it's hard to know where to start with this, but just give me a little intro to what it was that you actually did, your challenge from Land's End to John O'Greats. Yeah, so... Right at the beginning, I'll start at the beginning. When when COVID hits, or February 2020, um, I think like many others, obviously all the running clubs stopped. Um, you could you could only go out for an hour a day, exercising, and and it hit me personally quite hard. Um, I wasn't going out running as much. Um, I was sort of isolating a little bit more. Um, work was slow as well. Um, so I went through a sort of six month period where um you know things things were difficult and i weren't running a lot and it was affecting my mental health 
and I was scrolling through Facebook one night, as you do, and um, on my feed come up a, a challenge, um, Le Jog, um, and the, you know, cyclists cycling the jog. And it just occurred to me that why not, why not run it? <laughs> um, I've always been a bit of an all or nothing guy um, and I'll give my, myself to, you know, everything I do, I, I try and do it. Um, so I overthink it and I'll, I'll try and do it to my maximum ability, I, I guess. And um, I just thought that was such an epic challenge that it would be the exact thing I needed to get myself out of this little sort of six month rut that I'd been in. And um, and so I just dropped a text over to, to a fellow Royston runner, uh, a friend, Grant Chapman, and he was up for it instantly. And as soon as he was up for it, um, as far as I was concerned, you know, it, it, it was it was happening. So um, the next steps really were to to organise the route um, and a support team and, and things. We had to consider, you know, how we would do it, unsupported or supported. Would we do it most direct route via road or off road? And um, we came to the conclusion that Nebris wanted to do the sort of 850 mile most direct route on road um, as it would be pretty unforgiving you know on your knees and, and joints running on uh, sort of hard surfaces all the time but also probably extremely boring we felt um, running up a roads and, and potentially dangerous as well so um, I, I guess it depends what it means to you if you want to go for you know a, a record number of days in the shortest time possible you might want to take the road but me and Grant are very much about running in the countryside um you know taking in the nature um and how that makes you feel mentally and, and just being outside in beautiful countryside so we decided to link all the national trails together essentially the southwest coastal path um moving up through Bodmin Moor, Dartmoor Cotswolds, then we picked up the, the great the, the canals through Stratford and Birmingham, across to the uh, Pennine Way where we did the the entire Pennine Way um, through sort of Northumberland Hills um, and Northumberland National Park up to the uh, canals, which took us from Glasgow across to Edinburgh, um, and then we picked up the West Highland Way. Um, the Great Glen Way, past Loch Ness, up to Inverness, and then the um, the John O'Groats Trail, uh, all the way up to to um, to John O'Groats. So, yeah, that was our route. It was 1,100 miles. Um, we then had to decide a time frame, which was really sort of put upon us by the fact that Grant's a teacher and he only had sort of five or six weeks holiday. So we decided to do it over a 31-day period. Which was about 40 miles a day um, with yeah 1100 feet of ascent um, both of us are very experienced runners in terms of the marathon distance and we've done a couple of 50k ultras and things before but this was something we realized was very different yeah. Um, yeah. and would need a lot of organization and training and prep and understanding of, of what we were to do um, so yes that's really how we come about it um, just stop me when when if you if you want to interject at all because I could probably just carry on. No, no, I've got to be honest. I'm sitting here and I'm in complete awe of what you're saying. So you know, it's it's epic listening to that. Just that journey of, you know, I haven't been to all those all those places and all those trails that you said, but yeah. I've been to quite a few of them, um, especially the Pennine Way. So yeah. you know, you're getting this vision as you're going through that. You're getting this vision. And I'd imagine people listening to it are getting that vision. Yeah, for, for me, I, I guess we envisaged like a month on the road of, of you know, one a one-off kind of experience where we would almost detach ourselves from the sort of day-to-day -day life um, and take a step back. And it, it allowed both me and Grant, I think, over that time frame to um, really just kind of step outside of the the box i guess of of what is your day-to-day -day reality and see um you know what's important in life you know jobs relationships um resentments that you've had in the past things that you people we might want to make amends with just where you want to spend your time um 
you know, where you want to be, what you want to do in the future, you know, things become, I think, clearer and you have more clarity around, you know, the importance of life and what you want to do with it in your life when you go wow. through an experience like that. So that for me, um, and I know Grant, you know, we had many conversations about about that and, and we spoke about many different things on the journey. Um and I mean uh, if you didn't know each other, if you didn't know each other well before, you definitely know each other well now, right? Yeah, or if you yeah. Know each other well, now you definitely know each other well. We yeah, extremely well. I mean it was a case of literally 10, 12 hours out on the um trails and then we'd come back, we'd eat, we'd shower, we'd go to bed would set the alarm for half five, you know, quarter six, and we'd be up and do the same again. So it's just run, eat, sleep, repeat, run, eat, sleep, repeat. And we did we did that for, for the month. Um, See, I'm smiling away like a Cheshire cat here listening, because it just, to me, that just sounds like, that sounds like going out there and, as you touched on, living your life and you're actually living in the moment, in the day, and you're taking a step on this journey every single way. You're almost like going out on an adventure every day and you're going through this whole world of self-discovery and, you know, all the things you said before about mental health and everything else, like you're really stepping out of that day-to-day -day kind of hamster wheel that we're probably all on um, and you're stepping away from it. And it just sounds like absolutely epic to hear what you're saying because the question I was going to jump in with was, what motivated you and Grant to do it? But it sounds like the enormity of a challenge such as that was just mm. what you personally needed. It was what I personally needed um, at the time. And I've always been one to, you know, I don't do things by half, I, I guess. And, you know, I'm not scared of failure either. But I'll, as long as I've given it my all, um, and, you know, I can be proud of myself. And 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 when that idea came into my head I guess I just felt that it was a challenge that was going to give me so much back um in terms of yeah that that sort of self-discovery that journey um that ability to be able to just see things a lot clearer on a day-to-day -day basis you know spend so many hours outside um you know we had so many laughs highs lows fun laughter pain you know you can all the emotions you could you could feel we had on that journey and we we were fortunate enough to have a support team of about uh 25 Royston runners that you know were amazing they jumped on board so quick within two weeks I think we had a, a full support team that were taking you know a couple of days at a time to support us with nutrition and making sandwiches for us um and 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 you know and I'll, I'll talk about nutrition a bit more in a as we go on but yeah we they would uh you know pick us up from our you know bnbs locations take us to our start point collect us um anything we needed at all they were there um and uh, they really kept us going actually um and it was nice to see different faces from the club every couple of days supporting um and uh yeah so so the challenge itself was it was like nothing i could have imagined or did imagine and nothing like running a marathon it was it was a, a run slash walk hike fast hike run um and we started off uh when we started off training uh you know around sort of 11 12 minute mile in miles so it would take us about 11 or 12 minutes to run a mile and we realized when we started putting some back-to-back -back days together two or three days in training that that pace was actually too too fast and um, the body was um not recovering i guess in the short recovery period that you'd have to be able to then go again and we realized we had about 10 to 12 hours in a day where we could be out making you know moving getting the distance covered that would then give us enough time to still eat, still get recovery and enough sleep and go again. So we spent pretty much six, seven months working out the balance between our pace and how long we needed to be out covering the distance, um, what time we needed to finish, eat, how much sleep we needed to get, and then we'll prep all our stuff for the morning and then go again. So 
like I say, we started off running initially in training about 11 minute, 12 minute miling. But then actually, by the time we came to the event, we realized that we would cover maybe about four miles in an hour. So about 15 minute miling. So that would, obviously the, the sounds initially quite slow. And it is if you're running, you know, perhaps what we'd normally be running a marathon in. But the consider the consideration really was the uh, getting to the end of the day, the 40 miles covered with as little fatigue as possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And being able to recover enough to go again the next day. And some of the terrain we were following as well. I mean, it's all national trails, all off road pretty much. Um, so it was climbing, you know, up boulders and, and rocks and cracks so you know it just wasn't possible to um uh you know travel or, or go that quickly you know with the amount of fields we'd go through um cow fields there's a few a few few stories yeah. about cows that we had cow, cow i think well cow mageddon i think or armageddon yeah cow mageddon i think grant calls it but uh we had a few scary experiences in i think it was Wiltshire I think I can't exactly remember where we were at the time with with um uh yeah getting through different places we were you know points we were going through riverbeds and across fields and um all sorts so it was you know that slowed us down um but yeah we said in the end you know through seven months of training we realized that this pace set to be around 15 16 um minute miles about four miles an hour um, we'd be out 10 to 12 hours a day. We'd be eating, we worked out our nutrition and what things we needed to be eating. And we'd be eating um, little, but often. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we would, we decided, you know, sandwiches that we'd have, we'd had some very strange combinations like, well, we at one point we had banana, peanut butter and jam in one sandwich, you know, which was, oh, sounds wow. a bit strange, but. But actually, nutritionally, right? Nutritionally, yeah. I mean, you've got you've got a bit of protein, obviously, in the in the in the peanut butter, and you've got plenty of energy in the in the jam and and banana and and, and bread, obviously. So um, we practiced with those, you know, with nutrition and, and and what we were eating, and different energy bars and 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 fruit um, and things, just to keep us going. That wouldn't upset our stomachs. Um, I typically would have my porridge in the morning um and then yeah make sure we're getting enough eat through the day uh, we'll probably we worked out i think we were consuming about six five to six thousand calories a day yeah okay. just to yeah. kind of sustain the um the, the you know the energy that we needed for the day and even then um through over the 31 days you know we still we still lost weight um, even consuming 6,000 calories a day. Um, on the face of it, sometimes you think, oh, you know, going at four miles an hour, or you start for a very long walk, but it's mentally, you know, you think that's not, it wouldn't be too difficult, but it was a lot more difficult than it seems maybe on the face of it, because I was, it's just such a long time to be out on the road or out on the, in the fields. Yeah, I mean, the time, yeah, the time on the feet, like, that's just, yeah if you i mean if you go out for a two-hour walk you know at the weekend you know you take your dog out for a walk for two hours or three hours you come back and you're knackered on you so yeah you know, people yeah. think that you know that's why i always have respect for people that you know anyone that does any sort of uh you know marathons or, or whatever whatever race distance is whatever time it is because you know yeah the fast guys you know faster guys can get it done maybe quickly you know more quickly and I reckon, but then equally someone that does a marathon in you know six seven hours that is still you know a lot of time out on your feet and it's almost like an entirely different challenge altogether and i only really really appreciated that when i was doing these 10 12 hour hikes and runs with grant on a daily basis back to back um, yeah trying to minimize fatigue trying to minimize injuries um and looking after our, you know, looking after ourselves and body as much as we could. It's really yeah, interesting what you say as well, because yeah. um, you talk about that sort of six-hour marathon. Now, my PB is four sixteen, um, so whatever that is, just over ten-minute miles. Say, um, that's my marathon. But due to training status and a, a recovery from injury, 
over the last sort of six, eight months. Sunday, London Marathon just gone. I actually did it. I actually had to do a bit of a math run and a bit of a pull it out of the bag and conserve energy and check that the foot wasn't going to give in again and did a six hour marathon bang on six hours. And that for me, the difference in how that felt was huge. And that transition from marathon running to ultra running is, is, is a big one. And there you are on this epic ultra ultra day, you know, multi-day ultra marathon that I, I think the, the Facebook advert you're probably referring to was a virtual event that people were talking about doing the, the, you know, the land's end to John O'Groats, which kind of inspired this. But at, at around the same time, Rat Race were advertising this same idea as a pre-planned ultra marathon, but it was over a lot longer period of time. I think it's 23 miles a day or something that you'd be doing. And it was about six grand or something like that. It was, it was massive, whatever it was, you know, you know, forgive me if the, the facts are wrong on that. And hopefully rat race don't come after me if they ever listen to it. But what I'm saying is, is that you guys took this challenge, found your own way of putting your own stamp on it, which sounds awesome. By the way, the fact that you've now got that route as well is, is a really like kind of golden nugget for anyone who might want to do something similar in the future. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. you know, that kind of idea of, of going through all the different trails and that's just, that just sounds epic. So the planning must've been huge. So when we talk it, about the overnight stays, you know, those overnight stays, how did that work? Like pre-planning for such a multi-day ultra marathon event, how did you, pre-plan the overnight stays did you always stay in the bed or were there tents involved or how did it work so yeah the, honestly that i think the planning was <laughs> in some ways as tough as the event like it was more planning than i ever thought would would be needed um it just went on you know the hours and hours and hours and days and days and days of being on my laptop and making calls and you know organizing the planning and that was mostly around the, the route initially so i went on to you know subscribe to a plotter route account premium account and plotted the route exactly how i wanted to plot it you know how we wanted to go through you know the southwest coastal path taking all the north uh, north cornwall coastal uh, towns and villages and you know that, and we had pretty much a clear idea where we wanted to go but it was just making sure that because we're going off road, that everything, you know, there was public rights away, all connected up. Um, so once we had the route um, and plotted 1100 miles um, all across the national trails, it was then a case of um, booking accommodation. Um, and we decided that we would book Airbnbs or B&Bs um, and uh, that, essentially we needed to you know the, the day was going to be hard enough as it was and we needed a i think a comfy bed and a shower at the end and setting up tents ourselves or by the side of the road or you know anywhere was just going to be another sort of thing to you know that would be on top you know too much too much on top of what we already had planned so we essentially booked um accommodation for every single night ahead of the event Wow. Um, and we made sure that every we broke down the 1100 mile route into sec into days and depending on how much ascent there was so if there was a lot of ascent in a day would maybe make it a 35 mile day if there was a relatively flat down the canals that might be a 45 mile day so we try to look at the ascent and the profiles and plan distance based on that on how long we thought because we could travel a bit quicker on the canals for example than we can up and I'm way going up Jacob's ladder and and uh, across Kinder Scout and you know where it's you, you don't make much progress anytime quick. Um, so once we knew the days, we then basically plotted the accommodation as close to our finish points and start points as we could. Um, it was then a case of putting together a, um, a support team and making sure they had all their accommodation books where they were staying start times to pick us up finish times and then plotting drinks breaks locations lunch break locations lunch two locations and uh, we had about four or five spots during each day where the support team would come and meet us so it was, it was to plot all them onto the map as well 
Um, and I just think like when you've got like 25 people, which is amazing that we're supporting us and involved before we go, it's just, it just becomes like, this huge sort of thing that. Yeah. Did you feel like you care to them as well? Did I, what, sorry? Did you feel like a bit of duty of care to them? You had to die. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was so, we're, we're so appreciative, obviously, of their support and that, um, that we, you know, it, we, I wanted to make sure that, you know, they they had everything they needed in terms of uh, maps and understanding where we were staying, what we needed in terms of nutrition, where to meet us, um, and 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 you know all the kit we had to pack. Um, so for every eventuality, you know, we had so much kit. You think you don't need a lot, but we did. Um, there were washing rotors. You know, washing would come back every. Um, or three or four days we actually in the end because it was so much kind of admin if you like and organize organizing of the route and and accommodation and pickup points lunch locations everything like that dates we actually um approached um a lady in our running club uh, club lynn hayes and she was amazing because she took on the the role she sort of said well i will be kind of supporting coordinator and so she essentially coordinated the entire support team for us during the event and before some of the event that and sort of washing rotors out collection points and, and did all and basically tied it all together for us so that me and Grant could go out and focus on our training and the event itself while Lynn handled a lot of the you know organizational admin around uh, everything that needed to be done to allow us to have the best chance of succeeding um, each day so yeah that was that was sort of how we went about it but um it was you know what that's really it's really interesting to hear and, and really good to know because you know i've got my own goals um around the ultra world and certain big races um over in the states and and hopefully one day utmb maybe i don't know but you know i'm sure anyone listening's got their own goals but most of those goals, these things now, people have got to go longer, further, more days, um, fastest known times, all of this stuff, right? And to hear what you're saying there is really helpful because not just for me, but for everyone else, we're learning as we go when we're listening to this because that sounds like a logistical nightmare that if you're not organised, it's going to go wrong, in it? Yeah, absolutely. It had to be. Like I'm convinced even now, the, you know, now we've done it. I'm convinced if the logistics and organisation hadn't have been there, so you know, planned so well by the, the, the ourselves and the support team and Lynn that put all that together for us. Um, and if we hadn't have gone out for seven months and trained um, as we did and worked out the pace that we needed to go, going out every week with you know dressed as if we'd go with our ultra vests, with food, with drink, um, stopping for you know. 15 minutes here and there where we felt we needed to, to just have a stretch, do some mobility work, stop any little niggles, you know, footwear, how many pairs of shoes we we're going to need. I think we used four pairs each during the challenge in the end, wow. just rotating, yeah. rotating shoes, making sure that we didn't get, um, you know, any, any blisters or niggles. If we did, we'd stop straight away and, and manage them before they become too much of an issue. Cause I think because it's back to back every day, the, the smallest little niggle could you know and did quite often turn you know if you don't manage it straight away then it would just turn into something big so if any blisters or any rubbing even if you weren't sure we'd just stop check you know put a blaster on compete blaster or or whatever or bandage and just make sure that um we looked after each other essentially um and and, and worked as a team because we were so close together, me and Grant, and we, we generally get on very well. But when you were living in each other's pockets day in, day out for like, not just the challenge, 31 days, but we were together every day training. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did gym three or four times a week together um, to build up. We did a lot of strength work because we realized we needed to be really strong in terms of, um, you know, our legs and core. Um, and uh to, to avoid injury really so we you know we did that and every weekend without exception every weekend we'd go out and do 10 10 hour days 10 12 hour days cover the distance um and we'd do that back to back and then when there was a bank holiday i think we had three 
bank holidays up to the event and we did some triple days um during training as well we 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 went and um we went to we went to snowden and snowdonia we did two days there and, and one day we climbed um climbed snowden twice in one day um which was which was quite fun um and um we went to uh the peak district and did part of the pennine way in training we did the north norfolk coast we went down to the south downs in eastbourne as well and did that um we went up to the Howgills and did some training up there in the Yorkshire Dales. Um, so we really did um, kind of prepare, I guess, ourselves as much as possible in terms of doing as many training days as we would anticipate them being in the real event um, in training. So when we, so actually when we came to do the event, although we knew it was going to be really tough, we were really prepared because we knew what pace we were going to do we knew what we were going to eat we knew the support team was going to be there the accommodation was booked we knew how long it take us to get ready in the morning you know we had a little routine um even staying together in the same you know we put a lot of twin rooms and we'd have a routine um before and after me and grant working well so you know we stayed together we had uh, masks on sleep um, because Brian likes to read a book in the you know before he goes to bed whereas I needed I needed to get to sleep earlier or earbuds to um, you know for your ears and things so we just tried to think of everything that we could um, and you said the best chance you said at the beginning that you know you, you're a bit of an all or nothing kind of of, of mm. guy you're going to go for it to the max if you're going to go for it and mm. it sounds from what we've talked about that you there was no stone unturned here and for me that's not just in in running definitely it's true but but in life as well because you took that approach that's that's why you were successful this sounds like you planned it to the letter and it's worked really well yeah i mean the main thing was for me was if i could prepare as much as possible and leave no stone unturned like you say then i then if it wasn't to go to plan and if we weren't to get to john O'Grace, then um you know for whatever reason injury um number of things um then i'd have no regrets because at least we've prepared and given it our best shot you know if you leave and that was kind of my mentality is as i try to always look at it like that and and so it proved to be um because you know grant uh, as we set out in the plan as structured he got to john o'groats in 31 days um my my journey got to the pennine way um and i i took the next half of the the month um sort of in and out where i could because i i had to unfortunately um which was devastating at the time and still holds a bit of pain now but i accept it that um you know i could i couldn't walk um after 11 days straight we had our first recovery day planned on the 12th day um so we were doing it over 31 days 29 running days we had two complete rest days and the first stretch was 11 days straight and we'd made it all the way to the Pennine way um and uh I had a sort of reoccurrence of um, very severe kind of shin splint, but just in my left shin, which is always over the years that I've been running been a big issue for me. Just in my left foot, I've had I've had stress fractures in in my left shin before, um, but I did everything I could in the training because I knew that was something that could potentially, um, you know, call caused me to come unstuck particularly with the nature of the challenge so I did all the strength work I would eat right I would be as light as possible as as lean as possible but as strong as possible um so I got myself into the best shape I could I was eating well training as we felt was the most efficient way to train and do the challenge and get to the end of the day um but by day 11 um I was you know well it started on day 10 it was just giving me so much pain that unfortunately 10 miles short of our um, target on day 11 I had to had to stop I couldn't 
walk anymore. Every time I put my foot down, it sent severe pains straight up my shin. So um, I stopped. Um, it was the right decision. I ended up in Sheffield A&E having some scans um, done because I was worried that it was a, another stress fracture. Um, fortunately for me, it, it wasn't. It was in the end, it was just severe muscle edema and shin splints um, and, and severe inflammation. So um, it was a case of having to rest it and join back in where I can and support Grant and the rest of the support team to get Grant all the way to, to John O'Groats. And in the end, that's exactly what we did. We, um, we supported Grant, we got him there. I joined him when I could. We ended up raising a lot of money, I think about 11, 11,000 pounds we've raised for um, Macmillan Cancer and um, Essex Air Ambulance Service. That's an Essex Air Ambulance Service. So, you know, those those are two things I can be proud of. And um, oh, I, 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 think, I, I, think, I think you can be proud of it all, mate, to be honest. I think the fact mm. that you, you you got to where you got to, but like you said, maybe the planning was as big a task as well. And to be able to plan something like that as well, that's a massive achievement. Um, and an achievement within the running world that's, all right, it's not physical running, but it's it's an achievement as well. And I think I think you should be, really proud of it all you know the whole concept it's it's epic and you know the fact that that that's where your journey physically ended you carried on the whole journey and you, you got to you know bittersweet maybe but you got to still experience that process of of going to those b&bs and going up the route and you know i'm assuming you then when you weren't running went to the next planned lunch stop or whatever and yeah i did i mean it was it was meant I, I wouldn't i would say it was definitely the the toughest thing i've done mentally um in terms of the challenge because you know anything i've ever done in particularly in the running world or just in life generally you know i don't like to fail i know no one likes to fail but um you know i've been fortunate i guess in my running that any anything I've ever done in, in my running, I've targeted a time and I've always managed to, to achieve that time so far and, and, and get PBs and, and so forth. And, but I did know that this challenge was something that was going to be very different and we're perhaps dealing with different levels of success. So obviously plan A and success A would be to, to do what Grant did and get all the way to John O'Groats. Um, uh, but, you know, for me, it was plan B or, or even plan C, which was, um, you know, still to to do 11 days straight and cover 440 miles in the end um, and raise a lot of money and have an experience that was, um, you know, I'll never, never get again. You know, the, the, the laughs and the, and, and, the, and the fun and the, 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 the lows and the pain and the, the enjoyment and the, the kind of feelings that we had on a day-to-day -day basis that just will never you know never leave me um you know I, i'm definitely proud of proud of that and glad we gave it a go and i've got no regrets because like i say um we we didn't leave anything on on terms and i knew that this injury would potentially be a problem and so it turned out that it was um but you know you can't you can't change the things that um you know you can't control and I, I try to just accept the things that you know I, I could do and could could change and I could join in when I when I was there and when I could and I could join I could support Grant and we could continue to raise money and I can continue to try and enjoy the experience as much as possible and and um and take all the positives that we could so that's what I tried although it was difficult um watching Grant every day out there and not being able to join in was was mentally difficult and tough and and um but you know I, I tried to remain as positive as possible and and I'm glad I stayed stayed till the end in the end and um you know to finish finish with Grant because we always said that we'd start together and finish together and in the end that's exactly what I did yeah. the support yeah. team were amazing around me you know I had it's just it just it was just incredible I'd, I'd recommend it to for anyone that's thinking of doing you know something life-defining or changing like that that gives you kind of a 
a month out of reality if you have the time to do it of course um you know i'd definitely say do it um but prepare for it i guess and think about what you want from it and and uh yeah try to try to enjoy it as much as possible and like if we if we think about running journeys and your journey my journey all you know you're the captain of uh, the the men, the men's captain at Royston Runners, you know, running is why we're all there. But sometimes you get way more out of it, and you go to places that you would have never otherwise gone to. You find things out about yourself that you perhaps wouldn't have found out if you just kind of carried on in your pre-running day-to-day life. And running is so much more. And listening to what you're saying there about controlling the controllables, and from where I'm sitting with my experience that I've got which is fairly limited in the ultra world, but is improving on that side of things. I think you controlled what you could and the yeah. thing that stopped you was not in your control. Exactly. And you have to learn to accept that. I mean, it's, uh, I've heard of the, I think it's called the serenity prayer where, yeah, it's exactly that. It's, it's you know, learning to accept the things that you, you can't control and, and, uh, and, and, basically control or do the things that you can change you know and and that's what i did um but uh yeah it, it really did i get i guess give me over that month and grant that kind of out of the box kind of out of reality kind of experience where almost, i wouldn't say an out of body experience but things just become so much clearer and clarity you know in terms of what actually matters in yeah. life um and and what's important um what actually really matters you know the things you get stressed about on a day-to-day basis and you don't need to you know you don't need to get stressed about those things and what you want to focus on when you get back and, and things like that so yeah really enjoyed it um and so, uh, so. yeah would i do it again i don't know maybe not maybe not that, that challenge but um I definitely would like to do something again at some point you know, take I, you I, was and... I was going to ask that. I was going to ask, is it now that you've got unfinished business with this exact thing or are you going to go and look at another challenge? I think if I was to ever do it again, um, I'd have to accept the, the nature of my injury that I have. Um, it's, it's a long-term injury. It's, it's not going anywhere. So I think I would take maybe one or two more recovery days um, in hindsight, um, and I'd probably take maybe five miles off a day. So instead of doing 40, maybe do 35. I know that doesn't sound a lot, but there's a heck of a difference between 35 miles and 40 when you're actually out there. Um, and a 35 mile day feels relatively short compared to a 40 mile day. Trust me, it was definitely felt like that when we we're out there and just take a couple more recovery days if I was to do it again. But no, I don't think I would do that particular challenge again i don't feel like it's unfinished business um grant did message me the only other the other day he said he's seen some ultra run runner do i think 700 miles from south wales to north wales covering all the different monroes and peaks and, and mountains and, and do i want to do that and i said well yeah maybe one day but not 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 yet i mean i still hold a little bit of pain if i'm honest um that I didn't quite get to John O'Groats, but you know, I have to remind myself that you know you 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 try and learn from you know you learn from the experience and learn from when things go wrong. Um, you probably learn the most. You know, you don't you don't um, necessarily learn as much when when all things go right. And up till now, I've been fortunate, like I say, with with the running and everything's gone right and. For change it, it didn't quite go to plan but it was still a big success in in a lot of ways so for that i'm proud and and um it wouldn't stop me or make me think that we wouldn't do something like this again um we'd have to make sure i think i'm doing it for the right reasons and enjoying it and i'd have to make sure i'd know what i want to you know what we would get from it but um no definitely it, it definitely is made me think maybe in the future to do something else like that again yeah i think um 
that's the well i'm just sitting here in complete awe of you and what you've what you've designed and and all that effort that went into it the pre-planning as well you know just that's amazing and hopefully you guys will realize that no one can ever take that away from you guys that's something that you you did and you achieved and like you said there's probably things that you you know laughs and and moments and memories that you can never get back again and they're yours they're yours for keeps so the ultra running world what do you what do you think of the ultra running world what's your kind of general feeling towards it um i mean generally i think people I mean, my, when i came into running my perception was always that you know ultra runners you do sort of you do your 5k's 10k's half marathons marathons and then when your times you can't sort of maybe pb anymore or you can't you know you move on to ultras and and you kind of build it up like that and perhaps when you've got more experience you, you do ultras but um, I'd still consider myself fairly new to running and this was kind of I say you know a pretty big jump but um, from I've done maybe a dozen marathons and a, like a couple of 50ks and obviously we did loads of 50ks and, and above in training to prepare ourselves for it um, but I would say with ultra running it, it, it gives you almost well it gave me a, almost an entirely different experience to you know a half marathon or a 10k or or even a marathon um it's a different mindset um i think you've got to consider nutrition a lot more time on feet is obviously a lot longer and you need to keep your energy up but you've got to eat the right things little and often and make sure that you're not upsetting your stomach and, and things like that um mentally i think it can be a lot tougher as well because you're out there for so long and it can feel like never ending at times, but, um, it, this, but what I would say is I think the slower pace of it allows you to kind of appreciate your surroundings a bit more and focus on kind of what running means meant to me a bit more. I think, you know, I would certainly take a lot more in, um, than I've ever done in a race. You kind of, when we were training around our local area, you know, you, we noticed things and trails that we'd never noticed before. Yet we'd run them a hundred times before on a session on a Tuesday night at the club, you know, but you're running quickly and you don't take it in. Um, so you, you do appreciate things a lot more, I think, and get a greater sense of being outside and appreciating nature and kind of the mental relief and, and kind of, health that it gives you it can give you so i don't know that that's what ultra you know i don't pretend to be all, all knowledge on or know it all about altering i don't i'm quite new to it but um that's what i got from this experience and i'd, I'd definitely like to do like a 50 miler and a 100 miler in a, in a race and i've supported and watched a few friends do it from the club and it, it I, I have a massive appreciation for it because i know it's it's completely different um, with the, you know, considerations that you have with nutrition and reserving as much energy as you can yeah, yeah. in the later stages and, and, and pacing it, you know, pace is always important in any race, but it's probably more important than ever um, when it comes to, to ultra running. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with that massively. That is, that is something to think about. And the way you've just said it there, I love that. It sums it up. It is almost more important to go slow. Um, yeah. you know, that you're going at the right, you're not going too quickly. Um, yeah. otherwise it's it's tipping over that energy, that energy balance. And, you know, whether it's whether you're using, you know, tempo training, math training, you know, slow load, uh, long slow duration training, whatever it is you use, whatever sort of area you're from and and whatever method you use when it comes to the ultra running that what you just said is is my experience so far as well is like am i going at a pace that is slow enough to make sure that i don't get rid of my reserves too quickly yeah um, but also i don't want to be going too i don't want to be going so slow that i'm going to miss the cutoff or whatever you know in a race situation so yeah that's my experience so far but you know, it's, you a balancing that. Act. it's a balancing act because like especially with the multi-day events that we you know like with the the jog challenge that we did it was you'd sometimes we'd get to the end of the day and we felt like we had a bit more energy to give and we perhaps could have picked the pace up but doing that would have been disastrous because if you don't start the next day you know 
anything other than kind of at least 80, 90%, then you're not going to get to the end of the day. And it, it, because it's every day we're doing it, it just has such a knock on effect. If you start one day at 60, 70%, then you know, you're not going to get to the end of the day and then you're not going to get to the next day and it, you, your journey's over. So I think pace is absolutely pace and management of your kind of reserves and energy and muscle fatigue and keeping mobile and mobility work um, even you know if you need to stop for a minute and just do a few leg swings or hit you know whatever it is just to keep mobile and things moving then you it's more important than ever to do that i think in a, in something like an ultra compared to to another race yeah, I'm 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 a massive sort of believer in the the strength and conditioning for running in a general term, but especially for the longer stuff, sort of you know half marathon marathons and onwards. From there, that that strength and conditioning for running and and every sense of that word. So that includes sort of any yoga based work and you know any mobility. And I'll I'll be the first to admit that um, I've had to improve that a lot in my own journey. And I think you're right. In the middle, in the middle of Pennine Way, you might need to sit there and and do some hip flexor work and just yeah. get your legs opened up a bit. So I totally appreciate that. Um, so just quite quickly, what would you say your top three tips are to someone who was looking to do a multi day ultra running event, whether that be a kind of pre planned one by an event or whether that be something that they're looking to do by themselves? What are your what are your sort of top three tips? Um, if it's going to be like a, a multi-day event uh, that, you know, like we did, then I would say in the training, get out there and do, you know, a few back-to-back days. There's no point in doing lots of single days. Um, you know, you've got to put try and string, you know, two days together. When you've done that for a couple of weeks, then three days together. I appreciate it's, it's more difficult with work commitments and time and things and that's why we we made the best use of the bank holidays but it was really important for us to know that we can do three days back to back we didn't want to enter the challenge and get to three or four days and then not be able to continue so um i would say getting out there and doing as many sort of back-to-back sessions as you can um even if they're not the full distance 40 miles every day that we did just doing like three twenty fives or three thirties and and building it up from there. Um so I'd say that was in, that was that was important. Um and uh yeah probably the nutri- nutrition is absolutely you know as it is with most races important but with ultra running and multi-day events it's it's absolutely critical. You know you need to be replenishing your uh your you know your glycogen stores um with carbohydrates and also taking in you know enough protein to to repair the muscles each night um you know most of the body you know literally the only time my bodies were recovering was were overnight and which is when you know when you're sleeping most of the repair work is going on but if you've not given your body the protein that it needs post-workout ideally within 30 minutes of, of finishing um, or as quickly as possible, then you know you're not gonna you're not gonna repair the the muscles quick enough to be able to go again the next day. So just making sure you're eating the right things and enough of it and and fueling enough um, every day to be able to go again the next day. Um, yeah, so that those two things I think are critical. Um, and a third thing I would say is is probably yeah the planning. Um, just make sure you've got everything planned um, and if you have any little niggles um, during any of the days you know don't persist with them and just try to think deal with it at the end of the day you need to stop deal with it straight away because it, it will stop anything in its tracks becoming more of an issue and that could be something little like a you know a fister or if your knees twinging you know quite often my knee my right my knees were twinging and I'd, I'd stop and do some um just quad stretching and um and calf stretching you know and that would actually release release the knee a little bit and it felt fine and i've got got through the rest of the day so they they're sort of my i guess what i learned most and my top sort of tips i guess for, awesome. for yeah. something similar that's ep- that's epic that's absolutely epic awesome liam so uh that for me was 
like an epic show to go through. Like you could feel your emotion as you were saying it and you could see what it meant to you and your achievements. So congratulations on what you've achieved there because well, I'm just in complete awe in awe of you and Grant and and the and the team that you had behind you as well. You know what a, what an achievement and in this running world that we live in, that's so good to to hear. So thanks for coming on the show. I personally am going to enjoy watching what happens in the future with you guys. See if you come up with anything else epic, and you know if you're certainly looking for any help, feel free to reach out. Um, always happy to come and help you on anything that you're doing, and that that sounds like something I would happily come and support you on if you needed someone for a day or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'll look forward to to that continued journey. So we're going to call it a day there. If you enjoyed the podcast guys, you enjoyed the show, please share it with anyone. That story that, that Liam's telling there is, is definitely worth hearing, especially if you're getting into the ultra running world, there's loads of advice in there that, that is priceless. And if we all knew that before we started, then we might've, we might be in a better position when we first go out on that first run. So if you thought it was helpful and there's someone you know that would like to hear it, please share it on to them. But I hope you enjoyed yourselves. I certainly enjoyed myself today. Liam, I hope you enjoyed yourself. And I'm looking forward to discussing more with you on the Ultra Running podcast in the future weeks. Take care, guys. See you soon.